Welcome to the In Doubt Podcast, where we explore the challenging topics that young adults often face. Each week, we talk with guests who help answer questions of faith, life, and culture, connecting them to our daily experiences and God's Word. For more info on In Doubt, visit indoubt.ca or indoubt.com. Today I had the opportunity to sit down with Tamara Miller, who is the Director of Recruitment at the North American Indigenous Ministries. And we were able to sit down and have a conversation about some of the differences between the Christian faith and some cultural First Nations beliefs and the way of doing life. And we really got into cultural values and cultural things that are important. And we did talk about how to share our faith with First Nations people. And so this is a conversation about mission. This is a conversation about understanding, understanding different cultural backgrounds. This is an awesome opportunity for us to listen in and hear on another cultural background that we're unfamiliar with. So Tamara has a lot of great insight for us. So make sure you listen in and hear what she has to say. So today I have with me Tamara Miller, who is the recruitment director for the North American Indigenous Ministries. Tamara, thanks for being here. Thank you. Thanks for being here so much. How are you doing? I'm doing okay. A little nervous, but okay. Oh, (laughs) this is great. This is great. This is fun. So uh, maybe Tamara, for for us for today, you could start by sharing a little bit of your story. Uh, What did you grow up in and what's your walk with Jesus like and how did you get to the point where you're at now? I grew up just north of Whistler in a First Nations reserve called Mount Curry Mm. um, amongst a very large extended family. Um, in my culture, family is very important. So I grew up just always with my cousins, um, a lot of outdoor time, living off the land, uh, enjoying nature and animals. And um, really, for me, I had almost two lives, my life um, at home on the reserve and then life at school, which was culturally very different. And so I spent a lot of my life switching between two cultures. Um, later on in high school, at 18, I became a Christian, and it felt like I continued to live two, two lives. I kept my First Nations fam- or identity and friends in university separate from my Christian friends, and so those two didn't mix. And at some point, I maybe in third year of university, I, I decided that I was going to bring those two worlds together and not keep them separate. Mm. And it was a life-changing moment for me in my identity as a First Nations Christian. Mm. So what was the big shift for you? What was the big change? Um, Well, being at Young Adults Group, uh, a lot of my friends did not really know my background or my life story. And I, I was standing there talking with people and they were laughing about something I had no connection to. Mm. And I realized I felt very much like the outsider. And I decided to just blurt out whatever I was thinking because my childhood experiences were different. And they stopped their laughter and looked at me with wide eyes. And and I started laughing because what was funny to me wasn't funny to them. Mm-hmm. But I realized that I I didn't have to be two different people. And so I'm, I'm curious, and and I really am, just as speaking out of curiosity. And, you know, I have limited awareness and understanding of First Nations, Indigenous um, way of life. And I'm, I'm just saying, like, I, it's out of ignorance. I'm curious, 
what what was it like growing up um, culturally for you, um, growing up on a on a reserve, and what what would some of the the things be that that you would say were kind of the hallmarks of of that upbringing? Yeah, um, I grew up in a family that really fought for our rights as First Nations people, and so I grew up strongly aware that we were the the host people of this land, that we had rights um, to land, and um, and so for me, my identity was fairly firm in in being First Nations. But there was people that still denied their Aboriginal ancestry, um, people that would just try to pretend they weren't First Nations because the racism was so strong and the segregation was still so strong. We There wasn't a lot of mixing between Canadians and mm-hmm. First Nations people. We, we stayed separate, and a lot of that has to do with history, colonialism and um, basically uh, working towards removing all of our culture which was a goal um, in in colonialism yeah totally and so what would be in your experience what was the biggest change from the the faith background that you had grown up with and then now um, the faith in Christ yeah when I, when I was in seminary I studied, and I have different religions or different spiritual beliefs. And it was then that I started to really examine what I believed as a child and as a teenager um, and realized I grew up in a lot of, for me personally, a lot of fear of this spiritual dimension. Mm-hmm. Um, fear in the sense that the spirits had certain things that needed to be done so that they could be, the word is, appeased. Mm. Uh, So we had kind of protection things uh, that we wore or that we did, uh, a lot of cleansing ceremonies. uh, And and I, I actually had a very strong awareness of the spiritual dimension. what we would, what I grew up calling was bad spirits or mm. evil spirits, um, and then there was also good spirits. And so, as a new Christian, I, I would say I, I faced a lot of spiritual battles, um, and um, I know that Satan was not happy with my new Christian faith, and. Um, I would say some of that has dissipated, a lot of that has dissipated in that I don't see the spirits as much as I used to, but I do sense when something is evil. Mm. And um, and now I have a new understanding of Jesus' sacrifice and his blood and um, just the protection that I have in my faith with him. Mm-hmm. Um, and those are a lot of strong Christian words with a right. lot of Christian understanding. But for me, uh, a lot of times I will pray when I go to a new location or if I sense oppression from spirits, then I, I pray through um, protection through Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm just thinking about how my perception of my culture changed um, as a new Christian, I think that my thought process changed so much with um, the presence of the Holy Spirit. Mm. Um, And so the sorting through the cultural component came a bit later. Um, I suffered a lot of anxiety and anger and 
and so when the Holy Spirit entered, I just uh, I had some people pray over me, and really um, fear dominated my thought process um, constantly. And when these guys prayed for me, these six men, um, I was just blown away with how much more space I had to mm-hmm. think, um, and and just knowing his instant healing of some of this anxiety and fear. Um, it didn't all go away, um, but for me, the internal healing and change and transformation, I opened my mind to be able to look at other things in life. And so culturally, um, it took me almost a year to be able to say I was a Christian, okay, yeah. <laughs> even though I went to church on Sunday yeah. um, in youth group or young adults group. Mm-hmm. And so I know that's because church was often joked about or people would use Jesus's name as a swear word. Mm-hmm. Um, people would mock the Bible. And so I was afraid um, in a sense of what people would think of me, mm-hmm. even though I was living my walk as a Christian. And so figuring out First Nations culture and Christianity, it came. And I remember asking a mentor, how do I do these two things? How do I do be a Christian and First Nations? And what he said to me was, you're a Christian first and then you're First Nations, which I understand where he's coming from or where he was coming from. But Christianity... Um, Early missionaries were very paternalistic in their approach to Mm. missions, and the view of First Nations culture was that it was all evil and all bad. Mm. And so for me, it it wasn't a simple answer of I'm Christian, then I'm First Nations, Mm. because your worldview, your values, your thought processes, your communication, all of that is developed in your culture and in your family of origin and your life experiences. So yes, I had lots of transformation, but there's components of that that I I needed to hold on to, to keep who I was. And so it's been, um, I've been a Christian 24 years now, and it's still a journey of sorting through some of these things. Learning to respond to the Holy Spirit's discernment when I look at aspects of just life and culture, Mm -hmm. and my heart connected to him to sort through what can be redeemed and mm. what cannot. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yeah, I think that even that picture that at the end that you just said is like what can be redeemed and what cannot, yeah. right? Because as you were even speaking, I was thinking about there are elements of culture that can be redeemed. Mm-hmm. So I guess I have, I have the first question I have is this, is why do you think, you know, people from different cultures have that mentality of, oh, that's wrong or that's evil without even investigating it. Mm -hmm. Why do you think that is? Yeah. When you study um, missiology, you come across the term ethnocentrism, which is humans naturally, when they are faced with something different, uh, assume or quickly think the other is wrong. So when we come across a culture that we did not grow up in and maybe they value something that more than I do or something even opposite than what a person values, the response typically is wrong. Mm. 
And uh, I spent a long time, a couple of years, just uh, when the thought came up that is wrong or judgment, I would stop and evaluate personally why I was feeling that and thinking that. Uh, just because I I knew that my instinctual response wasn't always the right response. Mm. And so as you stop, um, I would I would actually put a stop sign in front of my eyes. And I remember a man with Tourette's and I, I taught special needs students, but I had a like just a knee jerk reaction of, oh, I'm frustrated. I'm trying to study. He's swearing over there in the corner. And my knee jerk reaction was judgment. Mm. And for me, that moment, I realized I need to start paying attention to all my knee jerk responses. And so that's when my journey started of evaluating my thought process towards others, Mm. whether it be culture or how people look, how people talk. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think it's part of our human nature, very sadly, that we we judge others and we respond to different as as wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's the that's the sad part is that we we might just think there's different values expressed, and and there's different hierarchy of values, mm-hmm. and therefore we have difference in hierarchy of values. So therefore, let's just avoid each other, mm-hmm. or let's just you know, let's turn a blind eye because mm-hmm. when I when I let somebody else's values confront myself, it, it challenges what I believe about myself and it challenges about who I think I am and how I, how I live in the world and how I interact with others. A lot of what we exhibit in our Christian faith, our culture of Christian faith, isn't necessarily, um, sadly, the values of the scriptures. Um, we tend to focus on things that aren't that shouldn't be focused on. And so to take a culture and and say this is Christian and lay it over top of another and say you have to behave this way. Um, for me, going to church was a struggle, I would say, for about 12 years. Um, mm. I went to church on my own, uh, and I would pray before I left home. I'd pray before I crossed the door. Some, when I started driving to church, I'd pray in the parking lot. Uh, just that God would help me to cross over culturally. Mm. And um, I was wanting to honor him by going to church. And I, I believe fellowship was important. Mm. But I also felt very much out of place and and that I wasn't understood or mm. fully accepted, even though it was my Christian family. Right. For all all of us who who are created on, on planet Earth, we're all at the same level and mm-hmm. there's no hierarchy. And I think that's, that's a beautiful piece of the gospel, right? That you, don't, you can't earn it. You, can't, you don't deserve it. And so, I mean, maybe even in that, like, is there, are there some differences that you would say are, are present in um, some of the Christian faith and the Christian worldview, even such as that, the, the story of the gospel, the message of the gospel, the, the work of the gospel, of the good news, and uh, so what would be some of the differences in some of the uh, First Nations way of faith and uh, belief? I believe that many First Nations people are spiritual people, that we have a connection to the spiritual dimension and an awareness of it. Um, I did a biblical study on the one another's, and um, there's just so many scriptures in there that connected to me and my my upbringing uh, within my family 
So living in harmony with one another, encouraging one another, um, admonishing one another, uh, and holding each other up. Mm -hmm. um, I think, I mean, in all humanity, there's dysfunction. So, I mean, we we didn't always do it right, but I did learn how to value my family first, how to value other people as, in a sense, more important than me. And so I've had to, I hit burnout almost a couple times in, in ministry just because I, I gave too much without enough filling up from the Lord. And I think a lot of that has to do with how I was taught to serve, how I was taught to work hard and, um, and love others and support others. Mm -hmm. So a lot of the things that happened in our history made us survivors in mm -hmm. a lot of ways. And, but we also, I, I can speak for my family, we learned to come together and support each other in good times and also in the really hard times. Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, we make mistakes and we hurt one another, but we, we stick together. And that's a value that I've always held on to. Um, I say when I look at things, I look through through the lens of relationship. Um, just because my I was taught that relationship is very important. Yeah. yeah. And and maintaining harmony in a relationship. And so I think relationship and family would be something that would be core across mm -hmm. many First Nations cultures. Mm -hmm. I read an article once, and the term that was used was called jagged worldviews colliding. And um, for me, I was studying leadership. But we have the Western culture, and we have the First Nations culture, and then they're, they're hitting each other <laughs> in our existence in life, in our governance, in our identity as people. And, and they're trying to fit together, but they almost clash completely mm -hmm. in certain areas and so then just think of like two comets hitting each yeah. other and exploding yeah. um, and what do we do with all those pieces mm -hmm. and so mm -hmm. for me I, I believe that the the church can learn from me, my people about acceptance about um, perseverance about family and relationship and community mm. Those mm -hmm. are some of the things that I know my culture has done well. What would be something that you would hope to communicate or you would hope that people like me would understand about First Nations communities and culture? Mm -hmm. I think the sad part is that Canadians typically don't know the history and what has been done and what has happened mm. amongst First Nations people. And so when they see... Um, people that are suffering or hurting, there's just judgment and prejudice and um, a thought process of, well, they should just make things better and change their lives. And and I heard someone say once that if you break somebody's leg, how can you expect them to walk tomorrow? And so just, I oftentimes just remember that. Um, a lot of First Nations people face trauma that's reoccurring. And so we oftentimes don't even have enough space in life to deal with one trauma before another trauma happens. And these are really intense trauma 
um, suicides, uh, car accidents from drinking and driving, um, just violence, uh, tragic death, health issues. Um, there's issues of housing and mold, like in, I mean, water is another big issue on mm -hmm. a lot of communities, poverty, um, employment, lack of employment. So all these negative things um, are impacting our people. And so what I often challenge people, Christians, Canadians to do is learn the history, learn what's actually happening in your own country amongst the host people of this land. And, and from knowledge, my hope is always compassion and understanding. And I think that's something that we, a lot of Canadians lack. It sounds like you're even saying it's like, hey, recognize the big picture. Mm -hmm. You know, just because you see somebody maybe having a tough day today, don't just be like, oh, hey, get a job. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. it's like when people, you know, have a conversation with somebody who's who's gone through a really life-altering experience or a season of loss or grief, and then you're just like, hey, you know what? Things will be okay. Yeah. It's like, I'm sorry, what? Yeah. You know, I think things are just going to be okay just because you said they're okay. Yeah. Um, there's, there's deeper hurt or there's deeper need. How could we learn in that? How could we grow in our understanding of that? Mm-hmm. One thing I was just thinking of is I a lot of Christians come across as very judgmental, um, intentionally or non-intentionally. Um, I just I challenge people also to to see the individual in front of them and meet them where they're at. And so for me as an early Christian, I had all these hopes and I saw what Christ had done in my life and how he had transformed me and, and helped me basically take a different direction in life in many different areas of life. And so now what I do is when I'm interacting with a person, I look at them and I say, what, what's important for the next step? Um, not looking if their whole life was changed and everything was perfect according to how I would identify mm -hmm. it is, but to help them make one step of change that is for mm -hmm. the better. Because when we judge, then the barrier gets even thicker mm -hmm. and people just close off their hearts and their minds to communication. And and so then we don't get to share who Jesus is if mm -hmm. the, the barrier is so thick. Do Maybe off that, how do I best share my faith with somebody who's part of the First Nations communities? Yeah. Um, earlier you, you were using the word hierarchy. And for me, my people have been in a lot of ways an oppressed people, um, especially when you start to study the culture. You'll, you can see how this has been done and how it continues in many ways to be done. Our people are pushed down. And so when people are oppressed, they're seen as less than and not equal. And so I, I say, be a learner, because when you're a learner, it creates, in a sense, equality. And also it's looking at the other as more important in mm -hmm. that moment. When you, you see the culture or you see the people um, often what I do is I try and find immediately what's their what's their passion, mm -hmm. what do they love, what will they talk about, mm -hmm. and it may not have any connection to me as an individual, but I want to find out, I want them to talk. I want the other person to be the director of the conversation, to be the person in, in the center of it, and so I listened for the words that come up about a topic. And then I start to ask them questions about, it might be fishing, it might be soccer, it might be rodeo. Let them tell you about their passion. 
And as they are communicating, you become the learner. I spend a lot of time listening to how much am I talking, how much is the other person talking, mm. just basic communication things. And I'm, I'm very Western in my direct communication. I have, when I go home, I have to actually work on my non-direct communication, reading body cues, facial expressions, right. subtleties of words. Um, because harmony is important, we as Westerners or people as Westerners are used to a direct answer. Yes or no means yes or no. Mm. But when you're trying to maintain harmony in relationship, your yes may be a yes to save the relationship, but may actually be a no. Right. And so um, just recognizing the differences in communication and then building trust is really important. Um, authentic and real trust. And that takes you being vulnerable yourself, not being the person that has it all together, being mm -hmm. real about the heartaches in your own life and your own experiences. So I believe God uses our heartaches and our hardships to help us connect with others. Mm -hmm. and But that takes being vulnerable and genuine. When I went to Israel a couple of years ago, I was just so, I just faced the reality that Jesus lived in a cross-cultural community <laughs> and, and he broke down the barriers and he crossed into areas that he shouldn't have according to culture and he lived by the culture in some ways, and in other ways, he broke that to show who he was, to share who he was, to minister, to heal, to do works, and all within a very cross-cultural community. And so we think that it is so very different than what we live in today, but we have multicultures trying to coexist <laughs> in our society today. And Jesus is the best example. Paul mm. is a very, I mean, Paul lived it and, and wrote about it. And so we have a lot to learn. And um, for a lot of people that have never crossed the barrier to meet a First Nations person or mm. interact, um, I just, I say, start trying, praying for one relationship. Because for a lot of Canadians, just even one genuine relationship with a First Nations person is um, a good big step. Mm -hmm. And so seek out the opportunities to meet uh, First Nations people mm -hmm. and to build that relationship. It's a starting step. Yeah, that's awesome. Tamara, this has been a very insightful conversation for me, and I feel like I've learned a lot. And I feel like I've garnered a, little, a new perspective. Thanks so much for being here with us today. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much for joining us on this episode of In Doubt with Tamara Miller as we heard from her as she shared about her experience coming to faith in Christ and growing up in a First Nations reserve and just some of the nuances of that and the challenges of that being part of two different cultures. And so this has been an awesome conversation of what it means to love our neighbor, especially when they're very different from us. In Doubt exists to bring the good news of Jesus into everyday issues of life, faith, and culture. We want to encourage you and equip you to engage with the tough questions of our time in a way that honors God. If In Doubt has encouraged you and you are passionate to help others grow in the truth, we want to welcome you to partner with us. As we continue to provide resources, we depend on the generosity and partnership of people just like you to help communicate the good news of Jesus to a world that needs Him. 
Download our app and follow us for updates on Instagram at indoubtca. We would love to hear from you on topics you'd like for us to discuss and how InDoubt has impacted you. And stay connected with us for next week's episode as we talk with Pastor Paul Park. Thanks so much for listening. If you want to hear more, subscribe on iTunes and Spotify or visit us online at indoubt.ca or indoubt.com. We're also on social media, so make sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter.